and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and of course, Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a philanthropist and food industry tastemaker on to talk about transforming the Food Network South Beach and New York City Wine and Food Festivals to the multi-day iconic events that they are today. These are star-studded annual events showcasing the talents of the world's most renowned wine and spirits producers, chefs, and culinary personalities. He is widely recognized for his creation of both festivals. It's Lee Schrager. But before we get to today's guest, we have some exciting news to share. Food Network Obsessed is a finalist in the 2022 Podcast Awards. Our team is so excited, but we need your help to be nominated. So please click into the episode description and you will see a link where you can sign up to nominate us. Food Network Obsessed can be nominated in the Leisure category and for the People's Choice Award. Promise it'll only take a minute and we do appreciate it. All right, let's get to our guest. Lee, welcome to the podcast. We have so much to discuss today because you are widely recognized for the creation of the Food Network, South Beach and New York City Wine and Food Festivals. I attend the New York one every year. In fact, I hosted a barbecue event back in 2016, as well as some fitness events. And I got to judge Burger Bash one year, which is probably my favorite event. But I'm curious what specific event has been your favorite over the years at these festivals? You know, it's like picking a favorite child. <laughs> I, I don't I, I really don't know that I have a favorite event. I mean, they really change, you know, with the hosts and with the venues. Uh, you know, it's hard not to love Burger Bash because it's been, you know, really the event mm-hmm. that probably put us on the map along, you know, in the early years when we started Burger Bash with Rachel Ray. So I guess if I had to pick one event, if, I, you know, uh, I had to pick one, I would probably say it's Burger Bash. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the more popular ones, as far as I can tell. You know, in the New York City Wine and Food Festival's 15th annual event is taking place this October 13th through the 16th. We're definitely going to talk more about that in just a bit. But I actually wanted to start with the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, which celebrated 21 years this past February. You are credited with really taking this event from a one-day fundraiser at an FIU campus in the late 90s to the star-studded multi-day gourmet event that it is now known as today. Can you take us back to those early days of the festival and let us know how you got involved? You know, I could barely take you back to where I had dinner the other night. So that's a t- um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, fair. <laughs> do you know when I joined at that point, what was Southern Wine and Spirits? I joined them in 19, no, in 2000. I joined them actually 1999, the end of 1999. Southern Wine was doing a one day wine and food tasting on the campus of the, what was then the Florida International University School of Hospitality on the grounds of their, you know, campus in North Miami. And it was a really nice one day event. And, you know, it was exactly what it was. You know, there was a million things like that, you know, one day events going on. And I really knew that to grow that event, which was one of the things I was tasked with, that we probably needed to move it off of the grounds of a campus in North Miami and move it to South Beach. And that was really the beginning of, you know, Mm -hmm. changing the whole perception. You know, yes, we say that that from that one day event grew South Beach, but really South Beach started when we when we created the first year, you know, 21 years ago on the sands of Miami Beach. What was your vision for it at the time? 
in moving it. I think just to do something sexy, you know, <laughs> South Beach, you know, you know, the vibe, the feel, the look, you know, uh, South Florida in the dead of winter in February, you know, it's hard to resist. So I, I think, you know, moving it to the grounds of, you know, one of the most beautiful beaches in the country uh, in the dead of winter, you know, I thought was going to be a home run. Uh, and that was kind of our vision. We didn't have a one year plan or a three or five year plan. We just kind of uh, winged it. And, uh, you know, 21 years later, we're still winging it. <laughs> I mean, did you have any idea at the time that it would evolve into what we know it as today? No, 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 of course not. I, I would say. At the end of the first year, I think we knew, wow, this could be popular. Mm. I think at the end of the second year, we realized that we needed to, you know, start looking at the future, how you grow this and getting the right partners involved and look at it as a business. You know, what started really as a fun project grew into this, you know, huge business that we never expected. So we had to build a team. I started the festival with friends. You know, I brought in all my friends to help organize it. You know, they'll work for free. And, uh, you know, um, so no, we, we had no idea. I, I think at the end of the second year, I, I knew that there was potential. It was really the third year going into the third year that I said, hey, this, you know, uh, we're, we're, in, we're in the right place at the right time following, you know, the, the network was really peaking at that time. And everyone, you know, wanted to be a celebrity chefs and celebrity chefs were rock stars and rock stars were celebrity chefs. So I think our timing was just good. What do you think it is that allows you to, to see that potential that you were just speaking about for an event and then really take it to the next level? You know, it's having a vision. I'm a great visionary. I'm a better visionary than I am producer meaning I'm not an event producer. I'm an event visionary. I, I like to plan. I like to create, but I don't like to be out on the beach kind of mapping out where the tents are going to be and loading in the porto pot, you know, porta potties. I kind of like visioning <laughs> it. And that was really kind of my vision. So I like, you know, I kind of say that I have the easy job. I have the fun job. I kind of dream it. You know, I kind of dream, dream the dream and everyone else brings it to life. Yeah, but I mean that—that's what makes a good leader, right? Is you're able to to delegate some of that responsibility and and let other people kind of execute it to bring that vision to life. Since 2002, as you look back, you know, as this event has obviously evolved throughout the years, are there elements of the festival that have remained a core part of the experience? I'm sure there are. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'd like to think that something's remained the same. I, I think our commitment to producing. A quality event, our commitment to profiling the great talent of Miami, our commitment to working with our title partner, the Food Network, and, you know, really featuring their talent has remained the same. You know, everything changes. You know, the more things change, the more they remain the same. But I think that we've really been lucky that we've remained committed to producing a safe, comfortable exciting festival. And I, you know, it, to to do it 22 years in a row going on our 22nd year, you know, it's as important for me as it is to our consumers and to our talent that it remains fresh. I mean, to keep me excited, I have to be, you know, there's always new talent. There are new opportunities or new events or new trends. And that's really what I do all year. Kind of, you know, look at that, look for those. Well, what are some of the things that maybe you tried and like didn't work? You kind of left them behind. And what are some of the things that you've added that have had that real staying power? 
Well, staying power, you know, one of our original events, the original event that launched the festival was something called Bubble Q. It was champagne and barbecue. Oh. And it was a great event. You know, it was really in the early years. We didn't have tents. We just did it on the beach. And we had, uh, you know, uh, you know, six or seven chefs. And we served. That was when the Moet Minis were being launched in the bottles. And everyone had Moet Minis all night. And they ate barbecue uh, from some of the great barbecue pitmasters from all over the country. Uh, and that grew into one of our signature events, the bubble queue. And we still do the bubble queue in some format. We don't do it every year because it's a massive amount of champagne that we need. <laughs> but we, we, you know, uh, for 3,000 or 3,500 people, you need a lot of champagne. But Burger Bash is going to be 17 years this wow. year. That's remained consistent. Best of the Best was an event that we launched, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And we really created Best of the Best because Burger Bash was so popular and we had nothing else for consumers to do on Friday night once we sold out of Burger Bash. So now we still sell out of Burger Bash. Now we sell out of Best of the Best. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Best of the Best is still there. And the Grand Tasting, obviously, where, you know, it's a, a huge, massive, you know, uh, like a, it's like the Super Bowl of uh, food. Uh, <laughs> there's all these great chefs, wine, spirits, culinary demos, great sponsor activations, uh, you know, that you can't beat. And that's still our, you know, bread and butter 22 years later. What, what do you think differentiates this festival from some of the other ones that we see around the country throughout the year? We are legitimately a not-for-profit. We've raised $37 million for the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at the Chaplain School at FIU. I think that we are focused on always keeping it new and fresh. I think we're not afraid to fail. You know, we're not saving lives here. I like to try things and hopefully they don't fail. But if they do, you move on. And, you know, you have a if you don't try it, you know, I'll try almost anything one time. <laughs> yeah. And I'll also kill something if I don't have a good feeling about it. That, that's good. I mean, that's uh, that's important in yeah. these types of situations. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned this educational, this charitable pillar of this event, which is so incredible. You know, each year, more than twelve hundred students, volunteers they really get this real world experience at the festival, which serves as kind of an interaction, interactive educational platform for future leaders of the hospitality industry. When you think about the next generation of hospitality leaders, what do you think the future holds? You know, I, I think as long as people are continuing to eat and drink, the future is unlimited. You know, when 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 people stop eating and drinking, we have a bigger problem. So I'm not going to be worried but the hospitality industry has been really good to me. It's been good to a lot of my friends. And I think it, you know, it's always changing. And I think that's the beauty. And I think one of the things I love most about the industry is it's very small, believe it or not. You know, I run into people all over the world when I travel. It Inevitably, when I travel, someone will come up to me. I, I just literally was in Ischia uh, in Italy last week. And... I was walking in down, we're at this restaurant, Mesatore, uh, at a, a, in a hotel in Ischia, and I was walking down, it was dark out, pitch black, and someone said, hey, you're the guy from the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. <laughs> and, you know, there, you know, people from all over the world, you know, we were in Ischia, those people happened to be from Miami, interestingly enough. But then when I got seated, there was a waitress who served us a cocktail, and she said, oh, Mr. Schrager, I went to FIU, and I worked in the festival. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I hear stories like that all the time. Imagine 22 years of festivals. If there's a thousand new students every year, that's a lot of students who are out in the industry. All the time, I go into a restaurant almost anywhere in the country. Inevitably, someone has 
been to the festival, attended as a guest or worked there as a student, which is so rewarding. So, you know, it's a great industry. And I think that um, for people who work hard, I think it's you know incredibly rewarding. Yeah. I mean, what's that feeling like for you knowing that, you know, like you said, you, you have dozens of these stories being out and about and people saying that they either worked at the festival or they have t- attended, um, knowing that that it has had such reach and staying power over the years. What's that like for you? Well, clearly very rewarding. I mean, you know, it's like my child, <laughs> you know, like when someone says to my mother, oh, you must be proud of your son. It's the same thing as someone saying to me, you must be proud of the festival. So sure, you know, you've watched it grow and it's legal now 21 years later and to watch it grow from a dream on the beach with kind of no vision and no direction and, you know, really no budget and to watch it grow into something that's been so successful and has launched so many careers from the hospitality students and really helped launch so much talent on the network and cooking channel. I mean, that's been incredibly rewarding to see that. How do you think we continue to you know, nurture this new talent and innovation in the food and beverage world going forward? Well, there's so much new talent out there. I, I mean, I, you know, I read about talent. I, I mean, this morning I was emailing, texting Alex Garnashelli, who's a great friend of mine. She had uh, posted a photo the other day and I said, is so-and-so someone we should be looking at for the festival in South Beach? She goes, <laughs> yes. Don't you remember? I mentioned that person to you a few months ago. You know, I, I love new talent. You know, listen, Bobby Flay wasn't always a, a major star or Guy Fieri. I mean, I met Guy Fieri originally when he was on uh, Next Food Network star. And, he, you know, who knew he'd become, you know, one of the biggest names in the network. And that's the industry. And I think that for, you know, good people uh, and people who want to uh, enjoy a career in the industry, it's very rewarding. And for me to watch talent become the superstars kind of from, you know, I don't want to say from nowhere, but from their early humble days to where they are today has been really exciting for me. Yeah. I mean, you talk about those full circle moments. I know last year at South Beach, you guys honored Guy, yep. uh, you know, so like what kind of satisfaction does that give you when when you see these full circle moments from talent or like you said, some of the students as well? Well, Guy was a really unique story because I watched him win. I was on the set. They were filming it down in Florida during the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Oh, wow. Uh, when Guy, you know, I so I watched it happen. And I was there, you know, watching this guy and I, you know, I, I didn't know who was going to win. So to kind of watch it and then have Guy come, you know, the first year after he won and, you know, he had no book out. He was not the big star. And Guy printed up his own postcards and was signing his postcards when people were coming up for autographs. And to see him become, you know, you know, definitely one of the biggest names in the network 21 years later or however, however many number of years it is really just crazy to watch. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Speaking of just like kind of this evolution of everything, how has technology and social media over the last 20 years really influenced and helped the festival evolve? Well, certainly social media allows us to get the message out. You know, we use, you know, every form of social media from TikTok to Instagram to Facebook, you you know, to Twitter to promote a message. It helps us move tickets. It helps us reach an audience. It helps let it helps us notify people of changes going on, helps, let you know, during the pandemic. It was a way that we were able to keep our consumers updated on what we were doing and what we were doing during the pandemic. And, you know, launching a Rachel Ray summer camp for kids and working with Guy Fieri and Dave Portnoy on an auction. And that's what social media did for us, allowed us to stay in touch, stay in touch. Coming up next, Lee tells us how the New York City Wine and Food Festival got started and what we can expect to see this October.
Uh, Let's talk about the New York City Wine and Food Festival for a minute, you know, taking place this October. How did that festival get started, you know, a a few years after South Beach? Well, it's turning 15 this year. So it started seven years or about seven years, six, seven years after South Beach. And, you know, as soon as I felt comfortable that I could take some of my attention away from my first child and have (laughs) a second child is when I launched it. Uh, you know, New York seemed like a natural place. It's, a, you know, the greatest, the food capital of the world in my mind. And to do something there was something yeah, that was really important to me. And obviously to Southern Wine and Spirits, it's a huge market for our brands and a great market to launch new brands in. And uh, so it was very natural. It was not easier. Yes, we learned a lot of lessons from South Beach, but New York is a totally different animal. You know, and, you know, we don't own New York City. You know, South Beach, we own the weekend of the festival. We mm. don't own New York because it's so big and so spread out. <laughs> I don't think anybody could own. No, we, you can't. <laughs> you, you can't. But uh, we've made our, you know, we, we've made a footprint there. So we're happy about that. And, you know, I, I love being in New York because there's so much diversity and talent and so many of the talent live there. So it's very easy to get people there. And October is a great time of the year because cookbooks come out in October. So a lot of people who are launching new cookbooks are in New York anyway on book tour or, you know, meeting, doing media tours. So it's great for us to piggyback off of all the October book launches. Absolutely. And and definitely fall in New York is unlike anything else, for sure. Um, what, what do you think the biggest differences are between New York City Wine and Food Festival and Sobe? The location. You know, one is on the most beautiful beach in the world and one is on one of the most iconic piers. You know, that backdrop of New York City at nighttime when you're turning around from, you know, the Intrepid or Pier 86 or 76 and you see that backdrop. I mean, there's nothing like it. Again, South Beach being on that beach in February is amazing. But being in New York in October and being on that pier and turning around and seeing the whole world lit up behind you is pretty extraordinary also. I couldn't agree more. Which events are you looking forward to most this year in New York? Which events? We have a lot of great dinners. You know, uh, we we programmed a lot of smaller events, you know, just for obvious reasons. You know, people some people are skeptical about large events still. So we have a great lineup of dinners. We have a great lineup of master classes. We have, a, you know, a, a lot of great midsize events. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any one event I'm looking forward to. We're, you know, we're launching Tacos for us has always been very successful in New York mm-hmm. as a midsize event, meaning, you know, four to 500 people. Now it's a peer event for us oh, on Saturday okay. night, the bigger night, you know, so we, we, you know, we're taking a chance of growing it from 500 to 3000. And the response has been really positive so far. So yeah. I mean, I've been to the tacos and tequila event, I yeah. think one time and yeah, it was packed. So I, yeah. could, I could see it definitely. Yeah, um, I think so. Thriving on the, on the pier. Yeah, as I'm one excited of the, to see that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're doing, we're doing, uh, uh, Thursday night, we're doing Burger Bash, obviously, with Rachel Ray. And Friday night, we're doing the Italian event with Scott Conant and Alex mm. Carnicelli. Saturday, tacos. And Sunday, a uh, family barbecue with Daddio Ciccini from Chianti, Italy, and with Andrew Zimmern hosting that. So fun. Yeah. Anything new that's like brand new to the festival this year for, for some of the repeat attendees that might be looking for a new experience? I am sure. I mean, a lot of new talent at dinners. I'm sure there's something new. But, you know, there aren't a lot of new animals out there. So it's, you know, uh, you, know so, <laughs> you know, there's no new food groups. You know, I we, we you know, we did burgers, we did tacos, we do pizza, we do fried chicken. You know, we're doing an Asian night market. We're doing a drag brunch. We're doing. God, what else are we doing? I, I'm. Uh, an oyster bash, mm. you know, you name it. I, I mean, no, we're, we're always looking for a new idea. And when we find them, we do them. 
I'm trying to think in New York if we're if there's anything new. I think we just kind of tweaked a few things here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What events tend to sell out like the quickest? In, in other words, if people are thinking about attending for the first time, which ones should they kind of hone in on and buy first? I would say if you're a first timer, you definitely want to go to the grand tasting. The uh, at Pier 86, you want to go to Burger Bash on Thursday night, maybe a taco on Saturday night. You want to go to a small dinner. You want to go to a master class. You know, don't overdo it. It's like when people go to Napa, they want to go to 10 wineries in the weekend. <laughs> I'm like, don't do that. You're going to, you know, by the third winery, you're going to be over it. So, you know, do it. Pick out a few signature events. Don't, you know, don't tire yourself out on day one and just do, you know, one or two events, one in the afternoon and one in the evening every day. And, uh, you know, you have a hard time not having fun. Yeah. You got to pace yourself for sure. Exactly. <laughs> also, the festival raises critical awareness for God's love we deliver, whose mission is to really nourish vulnerable New Yorkers affected by severe illness. It has raised over 14 million to date. Can you speak a little bit about the importance of this aspect of this particular festival? Well, I love God's love. They're a new charity partner for us. I've been a fan of God's love forever. You know, in the 80s, they were the uh, charity who was delivering food to HIV patients in New York City. And then thankfully, as HIV kind of slowed down a bit, they now feed the elderly and the sick in New York City. So it's a great organization. They do great work. It's one of the hardest working board of directors I've ever met. Every one of their employees are dedicated hard workers. And, you know, chefs love to give back and to give back to an organization that's feeding people is incredibly rewarding. Why is that such an important part of these festivals for you and your team? I think it's important to give back. I, I, you know, growing up, it was important, you know, in my family to give back. And I think it's important, you know, in our, in my role here at Southern Glazes, I head up corporate social responsibility. And I think that giving back in the communities that we do business is in our DNA. We're a family owned and operated business, although 23,000 employee big, you know, it's hard to be family owned, but we are. And I think giving back is just in the DNA here and doing the right thing. I'd love to know also your your own personal journey through the food industry. How did you initially fall in love with it and, and kind of get involved? I am a chef by trade. I went to the Culinary Institute of America. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family. My mom is a great cook, uh, really an exceptional cook. And I kind of had a love for the cooking early on. When I was in high school, I took home ec. I was the only boy in home ec. Then I went to the CIA, Culinary Institute, and I then had a long career after that. I spent, uh, I did my externship at the Culinary Institute with Glorious Food Caterer, one of the top caterers in New York at the time and still incredibly popular. So I was always into event planning and I always liked planning and I was using stickies, yellow stickies before they were even, I had my own stickies before <laughs> they even created stickies, 3M, before 3M created them. I spent 20 years with Intercontinental Hotels. I started as a room service waiter. And when I left Intercontinental Hotels in 1999, I ran food and beverage for them worldwide. You know, I kind of did every, you know, every asset of food and beverage from room service, you know, a room service waiter and you <laughs> name it. I, I did it through that. And I was lucky enough in 2000 to start with Southern Glazers and start their uh, event department, which led into taking over the corporate social responsibility, which ended up with me now leading uh, internal and external communications for Southern Glazers, which is the largest distributor of alcohol in the world. Wow. Do you miss like cooking every day, being in the kitchen and that kind of thing? Or do you uh, enjoy what you do now more? No, I never miss cooking. <laughs> no, I don't cook. I only cook in the summer when I'm out east. I, if I cook 10 times a year, 
That would be a lot. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I love to cook. But I, you know, by the time, you know, I get up and, you know, go to the gym or train and work and come home, I'm like, we're going out for dinner or we're not, e- <laughs> or, or we're not eating. No, I don't miss cooking every night. That, that's fair. But you are the author of three cookbooks, Food Network, South Beach, Wine and Food Festival cookbook, Fried and True, More Than 50 Recipes for America's Best Fried Chicken and Sides and America's Best Breakfast, Favorite Local Recipes from Coast to Coast. What excited you about creating a cookbook and what are some of your favorite recipes in them? Well, I created the South Beach Wine and Food Festival cookbook to commemorate 10 years of the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. I wanted to do some, wanted to do something to kind of memorialize 10 years and all the great chefs. You know, in 10 years, we had, you know, probably a thousand chefs participating at the festival. So those recipes in that book, every recipe in that book was one of my favorites from the festival for the first 10 years. And then, you know, fried and true, uh, you know, if you're a close friend of mine, you know, I love fried chicken. And so that was kind of a natural after the success of the first book to do a a book on fried chicken. And then breakfast seemed like another natural since I love breakfast. So I was just fortunate to have, you know, great topics like fried chicken, which everyone loves and breakfast, which, you know, uh, people love to eat breakfast, especially on vacation or when they're traveling. So, uh, you know, I loved traveling the country for breakfast and fried chicken and visiting chefs and, you know, learning recipes and creating these two books that have been, you know, really kind of great memories for me of, uh, you know, the 22 years of the festival. Yeah. Kind of like little uh, yearbooks or. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I love fried chicken, too. So I'll have to check that one out. All right. Last question. Very important. Can I hit you up for festival invites this year? (laughs) Sure. Email me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Thank you so much. Uh, This has been so much fun talking to you. We're going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question that we ask all of our guests here on Food Network Obsessed. All right. So rapid fire round. Favorite Food Network show? If I said that, I'd have no talent at our festivals. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, it's similar to the kids' question. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Next travel destination. Wow. I, I, I've just been in Brazil, France, and Italy. Wow. Uh, uh, where are we going next? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, you know, for right <laughs> now, I, you know, I kind of done a lot of traveling in the last eight months since we started traveling again. So I'm going to the Ham, you know, uh, we're heading east for the Hamptons next week through mid September, but uh, no big trips planned for the end of the year. Audi sounds uh, like a perfect yeah. place to be for the next yeah. couple of months for sure. Um, all right. Festival first timer. What's the must do or see thing? Burger bash at either of our festivals and the grand tasting at either of the festivals. All right. Favorite cocktail or mocktail? I am a gin drinker. So I love anything gin based. I also love Pims. So uh, a Pims cup this time of year, I tend to drink Pims cup this time of the year. Yeah, perfect. I just I fi- finished some Wimbledon coverage uh, yeah, recently. Oh, sure, so. yeah. <laughs> Accomplishment you're most proud of? accomplishment I'm most proud of. I think creating two festivals that have really helped promote the hospitality industry and raise funds for great organizations is probably one of the things I'm most proud of. All right. Final question in the rapid fire round. Pizza toppings of choice. Broccoli, rab, and sausage. On a pizza. All right. On a pizza. Sure. I'll have to try that. Yeah, it's delicious. All right. So final question. This is what we ask everybody here on Food Network Obsessed. Everybody has a different answer. What would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want to hear what you're eating for breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. You can time travel, spend you know absurd amounts of money, whatever you want. There's no rules to this question. We just want to hear what your your ideal meals are 
for all of those. I am the most basic eater. So money <laughs> would not be, I am, you know, people don't invite us for dinner thinking I have these impeccable uh, eating habits. And it's not, I, I am a simple, simple eater. Uh, I eat oatmeal for breakfast with fresh berries. Okay. For lunch, I eat, if I have lunch, it's it's normally a salad. And my favorite dinner, anyone who knows me knows it would be, you know, roast chicken, mashed potatoes, and a great salad. Okay. Anybody in particular that's uh, cooking these meals for you or are you doing them yourself? Well, you know, I live right by Alex Garner Shelley in the Hamptons. So uh, (laughs) she she knows what I like. I can walk right over her house. And, uh, you know, I love to catch Alex right after she's doing a uh, QVC show when she has all those samples around. But Alex's house is always like a uh, a caterer's commissary. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty good neighbor to have uh, nearby. You can... uh, Basically, just wander over there at any time. I do, all the time. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. Uh, enjoy your time out east. We are so looking forward to uh, the New York City Wine and Food Festival uh, in October, and we'll be sure to let people know how to get those tickets. But thank you for taking the time. Good to see you, Jamie. I'll look forward to it as well. Good to see you as well. Thank you. Bye bye. I'm definitely going to hold Lee to that invite. So good chatting with him about the creation and evolution of an event that is such a pillar of this industry. This year's Food Network New York City Wine and Food Festival is taking place October 13th through the 16th. And for tickets, you can go to nycwff.org. Thanks so much for listening and make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. 